Welcome everyone to Invested, a limited series by Behind the Human and KPMG High Growth Ventures. I'm your host, Mark Champagne, and it's my job to unpack the minds of early stage investors to surface actionable insights for founders and startups to mentally and financially thrive. Startups are fighting the law of gravity. You know, it is, they, 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 are, they are airplanes with broken engines, they're going to the ground, like they're burning money. And so like, you gotta figure it out. Lean on the investors, like your seed investors, for that emotional support, for that deeper relationship. And then if you need to be, you know, a little bit more buttoned up and in sales mode, I think your Series A investors, your Series B investors, those are the folks that you should be able to, you know, probably lean into more of a storytelling mode too. Today, I'm speaking with Jason Schumann, general partner at Primary Venture Partners, operating out of New York City. What lights you up about working with founders? Yes, it's a great question. I am the type of person who just loves helping other people, like have the confidence and skill set to be more successful or specifically more live a more fulfilling life, however it is that they define it. And for me, that comes from my childhood. You know, I grew up relatively sick and, and had this thing called primary immune deficiency and, yeah. you know, was very lucky where I had the opportunity to you know, have good health care and, and be able to go out and, and live a very normal life, going to college, being in a fraternity, studying abroad. And I think all of those things uh, made me want to help inspire other people. And so the opportunity to work with founders is one way to not only help them, but help their port, like their employees and then the folks that are in the broader ecosystem that they're touching, whether it be customers, patients, consumers, you name it. Yeah, I love it. Well, then if you think of, you know, you know what we're going through right now, it's, I mean, how do we describe this? The markets are uncertain or we're in a downturn. I mean, there's so many different ways to describe what, what's, what's going on uh, in, in the markets. Like what, I guess, how would you summarize what's, what's happening for founders almost in one word right now? Like what's, what's the, what, what comes to mind when you think of your portfolio founders or really anyone that you're speaking with in the industry that like right now today? Scrambled. <laughs> Scrambled. Yeah, that's a great word to describe things. For sure. For sure. What are you guys doing over at Primary? Like, is there anything that you're, you're, you're doing with the team are you bringing founders together or were you just individually advising like what what's been the strategy for you guys as uh as partners in investment and and obviously you know mentoring these great humans to you know like what we're trying to do is is not just survive these times but actually you know what can we do to thrive in in these moments and capitalize on on what's happening Totally. So our ethos at Primary since day one, when we were founded back in 2015, was we need to earn the right to work with the best founders. And the way that we earn that right is by being extremely concentrated. So each partner does three to four deals a year. And then we have the largest portfolio impact team out of any seed stage firm across the country. And we don't call it you know, a, a platform team. We call it a portfolio impact team. And the reason why is we realize that founders need real work to be done, not just your network. And yeah. so the three things that early stage founders need are customers, uh, people, and capital. And so, you know, what we're doing is, is we've built out uh, a team of recruiters and we have a chief people officer, Rebecca Price, who can go in and help you with 
a lot of the softer stuff, people management, you know, if you have to do a riff, how do you do the riff? Because a lot of founders, you know, they've never even fired people before. And yeah. so having to go through that, which can be a really traumatic, really challenging, you know, time for them, but also their employees, is really important to help coach them through uh, whatever that, you know, process might end up being. And then on the customer side, you know, we have a go-to-market team that works with them to help them go sell into customers, help them figure out their sales motion. And then on the finance side, you know, helping them build out their business analytics frameworks, helping them build out, you know, their pitch decks and figure out how to go out and, and raise capital. But really what we're doing is, is just doubling down on that, going in and working very, very closely with the companies and then bringing them together as a community and helping them, you know, chat with each other about learnings and then connecting them to mentors and other folks that have gone through whatever the next phase of their business might end up being. And finally, sure. you know, executive coaches is a big thing that we've, uh, we've urged the founders to work with uh, really since day one and continue to push them to work with as they start to scale. And what are they struggling with right now? Is there anything that pops out that's, I mean, just in general, it's a high pressure situation to be a founder or, you know, run a startup. I mean, I think we all know that, but now you layer on um, what's happening in the world. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of, I would say, you know, it seems like a change in um, what used to be funded or, or focus on growth at all costs versus, you know, let's, we've got to be profitable or at least near-term profitability is a little bit more uh, of a target at this point, just there's so much changing that I feel like there's a lot of stress and a lot of stressors for founders. So what are you seeing? Absolutely. I mean, founders are dealing really with two things right now. One is whiplash. And the second thing is people's emotions, the latter bucket they've been dealing with for a very long time. Um, sure. and you know, humans don't like uncertainty. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, I think founders are having to manage more towards uncertainty and be very transparent and very honest and very open about that uncertainty. Uh, but on the whiplash side of things, it's just challenging. I mean, you know, you were told to optimize for X or Y, and yeah. then the market started to tilt in one way. And all of a sudden, you know, public market investors are looking at, you know, this one metric is like the key today. And then private market investors are reacting to that. And so, you know, they're pushing their portfolio companies to focus on growth on gross margins and capital efficiency and, you know, being more efficient with less headcount. And so I, I think that all of those things ultimately force an operator to be much more thoughtful about the day to day and, you know, realign the expectations of everyone working within their culture. And so it's really realigning around a completely different North Star than they had prior. Yeah. Well, one of the things that you mentioned in, in the pre-survey for this conversation uh, was around, you know, how, how can founders be more mentally fit? And this obviously relates to the the, the chaos that that is happening or those those fast pivots that you you identified two characteristics as as the top two and and one being think clearly and the other one being present which i which makes sense just how, based on how you just described you know what's going on because you ha i think you have to be able to have some sort of mental clarity to adjust at that speed and then make the right decisions or at least the best decisions based on the knowledge that you have and it's hard to do that when the mind is fogged, because then you're operating from this, this emotional place versus like more of a logical place. So I guess first, the first question really is just for you, outside of just the obvious of, of people that like, what is think clearly, but for founders right now, in this moment, like, what does that mean? Like, what is thinking clearly? Or, or how can people approach this? Or what can they do to help, you know, get to that, that place? 
So I think thinking clearly boils down to a few things. One, you know, as a founder, it's your job to go out and get as many quality inputs as possible from around the ecosystem. So it could be your investors, it could be you know other board members, it could be other founders. Uh, it literally could be public market investors and, and hedge funds sure. and, you know, trying to wrap your head around, like, what are they thinking today? And being really present in those conversations and trying to understand what it is that you ultimately need to optimize for. And now you might get two very different opinions. And so you ultimately need to formulate your own opinion that you want to drive towards. And I think that being present in those conversations and really listening doing the work to go have those conversations, even though it might not seem like it's the most important thing to do, that is very important. Um, the other ways that I think of thinking clearly is just making sure that you're getting some sort of balance in your life. And like, I do understand that, you know, founders are going to have to work, you know, maybe it's 16, 18 hour days and, you know, it's going to be super stressful. And I totally understand that. And, you know, you might need to find other ways to just like reset. And so, you know, for me, I was burnt out towards the beginning of the year, we were scaling a bunch. And so for, Mm -hmm. for me, it was, you know, going on a trip and going hiking and being back in nature. I think meditation has helped me. Uh, yeah. journaling, sensory deprivation tanks or float tanks. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. there, there, there's many, many things that uh, I think people can do. And I don't think it's a one size fits all type of thing. I think everybody needs to try out whatever it is that helps them kind of get into flow state and kind of relax a bit and, and reset their central nervous system. And I think that'll help you uh, think a little bit more clearly. Hello, everyone. I want to first thank you for listening to this limited series and let you know if you're looking for more insights and resources designed specifically for startups and scale-ups, we've got you covered. Head over to highgrowthventures.com.au. That's highgrowthventures.com.au. Now back to the show. Yeah, I, I agree. It's uh, there's no prescription to these to these practices. It's 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 like physical exercise. Like if you don't like running, that doesn't rule out all of exercise. There's a million different things you can do. But I think I think what's helpful is is for for founders or really really any of us to just ask the question like what what are the activities or the things that I can do that I know will put my mind in a positive, happy, kind of thriving state and have that list with you. Um, to your point, it, it'll be different for everyone, but at least then you can take a look at your calendar to see, all right, do I have these things in place or scheduled, even if it's five or 10 minutes, right? Just to reset the mind. Um, or when you're in those high pressure situations, like, you know what, I can go and do some breath work or I can jump in a float tank. Um, and I know that'll pull me out of that looping narrative, right? That is, is kind of driving us, uh, further away from where we're trying to go essentially. Um, so that's that's great. I mean, I'd love to. See, do you have any good examples from, you know, have to name names or, or companies or anything like that, but that you're seeing with your founders, that maybe are even, are even contrasting, like the ones that are, they have some dialed in routines or they've they've upped their game on their mental fitness versus some that you're seeing like, like this is because when we're in these high pressure situations, normally everything goes out the window or that's the default. It's like we start eating like garbage or we stop exercising like which, when it should be the reverse, right? But I mean, I get it. I've been there myself. So I'm just curious if you have any kind of case studies or examples that you could share uh, to help the listeners on the other side. Totally. So, you know, I think one founder in, in mind, uh, her name is Liz Young. She's the founder and CEO of Realm. Um, does a really good job of this and, and has found like that her outlet is fitness and working out. And so you know, she'll go and she'll work out in the mornings and like really get after it. And like for her, that's her way of like relieving stress. 
And there's one other thing that, you know, she's kind of made a part of her routine during the week, no matter what. And it's like watching F1. And, and I yes. think that, you know, Love it. it's, it's, it's nice to be able to have like your, your outlet of working out. And then sometimes you want some other brainless activities that, you know, activate your dopamine receptors in other ways. And I think, you know, watching a sport or competitive thing that you really love is something that's worth making time for. Love it. That's amazing. F1. I feel like, I feel like there's a whole other crowd, myself included, since that Netflix uh, limited series of what is it, Drive to Success or that profile in the behind the scenes of F1. Uh, it's exciting. Like you see all the politics behind everything. It's it's unreal, right? Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Totally wild. I'd love to know, you know, if you think back to your time as a founder and when you're running the footwear company, um, or if you want to talk about category five or 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 anything in between, like if you were running that co- if you were running that company right now, like where would you be focusing for, you know, whether it's your mind or just general company health? So it's funny, if I look back on category five, I was 25 pounds heavier um, and my hair has, was a heck of a lot longer. Okay. <laughs> um, so clearly I was not optimizing for the things that were probably the most important. Um, sure. But, you know, I think the thing that I would have been really focused on was team and talent. Like, you know, at the end of the day, when you are running a company, you need to have very, very high bar for talent and you need to have exceptional talent around the board because you don't realize how much you're being dragged down by talent until you either A, bring in a talent or B, let that person go. And so I, I think that, you know, having that high bar and really connecting with your team and making sure that they're bought in, making sure that they understand why you're making certain decisions. That way they really have been brought along for the journey. Like that's absolutely critical. Yeah. What are some questions that founders can ask around that topic just to help identify, I guess, you know, I guess the pulse of the team right now or like where to focus with their specific team? Yeah, you know, I think, I think like asking people like, what are they concerned about? It is definitely, you know, something that's important, but I actually think that uh, a lot of this not only has to do with like getting down to the human level with people and like, you know, understanding how they're doing mentally, how they're doing physically, how they're doing financially, you know, spiritually, whatever it might end up being, but then also just like you being vulnerable because if founders are a little bit more vulnerable, it enables their employees to feel more connected to them. And the reality is that like everybody is reading the paper. Everybody's watching the news. Everybody sees the posts about the layoffs at LinkedIn. Like, you know, you are not going to be able to have your employees like not see it. And so once they see it, it's already in the back of their mind. And so it's kind of the elephant in the room. So if you bring the elephant up in the room, it's going to make it a heck of a lot easier for everybody involved. Yeah, totally. Just transparency, right? Comes to, comes to mind when you're saying that and just being, just being super clear with like, here's the reality of the situation and, and us as, as a team and company and, and here's the plan, right? Like, and, and ideally, you know, people are either all in or maybe, maybe they're not. And then that's, you know, a time to, to move on. Um, cause I imagine you want, you want a hundred percent buy-in and everyone rowing in the same direction, right? Totally. I mean, think about it this way, like startups are fighting the law of gravity, you know, yeah. it is, well they, 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 they are, they are airplanes with broken engines. They're going to the ground, like they're burning money. And so like, you got to figure it out. 
And, you know, if a team is sitting there and they are all bought in and understand what it takes to, to make sure that they're default alive and not default dead and going to hit the ground, I think they're going to be like locked in and laser focused and want to, you know, go arm to arm locked in and figure it all out. That was a great example. I love that. Define gravity, essentially. <laughs> uh, you mentioned as well, just going back to the, the, the pre-survey and specifically around investment and that obviously things are changing a little bit during this time. And you said, you know, anxiety can hurt a founder's ability to fundraise. Investors can sense it as it hurts their presentation style and being tactical around the, the raise process. So, I mean, I think just naturally, you know, there's probably high levels of anxiety uh, just in, in terms of what's going on. But when it comes to fundraising specifically, like how can we, how can we help relieve some of that 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 anxiety? I mean, you mentioned some practices, obviously that, that that goes without saying that will help. But when it comes specifically to thinking about your next raise, your next round, you know, what helps just remove some of that pressure? Preparation. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, there's plenty of quotes out there uh, from professional athletes, right? But like all of the stuff, like the, the fundraise itself, like the going into the pitch, like that that's not where you're going to end up proving yourself out. Like yeah. doing it ahead of time, making sure that your, your deck and your story and your narrative are locked in and pressure tested and like you have answers to the questions and you have the documents that you want to send afterwards, you know, so like you feel really prepared where no matter what question is asked, you've already heard it from 10 different ways. I think that's important. And making sure you have the support of your investors around the table to make sure that you are prepared is really important. And making sure that you have a document that you know the rest of your, uh, your investor team is around the table on that is like super structured around like what investors are you going to be sending emails to on what days and who owns that intro and making sure that your schedule okay. is like being put out. It's all important, but it all boils down to preparation. Okay. Pivot a little bit, but just the relationship between founders and investors. I mean, I, I get the sense, just what you shared and what I know about you and, and the fund and what you guys are doing, that there's, there seems to be some pretty healthy relationships around, uh, you know, when being open and vulnerable, I guess you can say. But I have heard in the past from, from other founders that, you know, like there's still, there's still some anxiety around, I can't show my true cards in terms of like what's going on in my mind because this is the team that's providing at least a financial lifeline right now, right? Like, and that's a hard, that's a hard thing to mentally navigate. So I'm just wondering um, if if someone on the other side of this conversation or founders is in that position, I guess have you faced that before, or is there is there any advice on how to you know work through it? Because that that in itself could be highly stressful. Totally. So for us, I mean, you know, we're the earliest stage investors. And as soon as we invest in the company, the first meeting, the kickoff meeting that we have, we talk about how we're no longer on separate sides of the table and we're oh, on the same side of the table. And yeah. it's important to share with us, you know, what are the biggest challenges uh, that you need to overcome? Because if we can't, if we don't know what those are, we can't help you overcome them. And sure. so I think if you reframe it, you know, and you, and you think about it from that perspective, I think it's really important. The second thing is, you know, your seed investors um, are going to be the most aligned people with you on the cap table. And the reason why is, you know, they don't have the deepest pockets to keep you alive. And so, you know, if you're a post series A company and you are burning, you know, a million, two million dollars a month, 
your seed investor is not going to be able to, you know, cut a check to give you another year of runway. They might be able to give you another month, but like, you're not going to want to bridge to nothing. You know, we call that a peer. Um, So, so I think like getting, getting a bridge to, you know, another financing round, that's another story. So what I would say is, is lean on the investors, like your seed investors for that emotional support, for that deeper Mm. relationship. And then if you need to be, you know, a little bit more buttoned up and in sales mode, I think your series A investors, your series B investors, those are the folks that you should be able to, you know, probably lean into more of a storytelling mode too. Gotcha. That's awesome. That's super helpful. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about you and just like this, this series obviously very much focused on founders and, and the research we're doing is, 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 is uh, focused on founders and helping them as much as possible. But then, you know, as, as myself and KPMG, were going through the project, we we're like, well, wait a second. I mean, there's also all the VCs out there that are going through the same crazy situation where they're, you know, seeing companies being devalued overnight and there's uncertainty and all this stuff. So I'm just curious, you know, from you, from your perspective personally, like, how are you feeling or, or, and and what are you doing to keep your mind, you know, clear and present? Yeah. I mean, you know, A, like, I I feel good. I mean, I think from like a high level, you know, uh, the challenging part for me is like when I am working with the founders that are struggling or going through this thing, like I'm a very empathetic type of person. Um, and yeah. so I think like that, you know, is, is hard for me to see and I do feel bad and there's only so much I can do. You know, I don't have a $20 million check that I can just pull out of my back pocket to keep the company <laughs> Come alive. On, Jason. <laughs> so that's, that's a little bit challenging. Um, you know, from a like, you know, psyche perspective, I think there's like a few things that are top of mind. I mean, one, you know, us at primary, like we raised a new fund recently, we've scaled the team to 35 people. Like I really care about making sure that people internally are being ramped up well and that we're, you know, continuing to build the engine that's going to build the best venture firm in New York. Like I'm still locked in and laser focused on that. I can't impact, you know, the outcomes of uh, the public markets. And so I've never looked at my life where, you know, whatever carry I had was going to be in the bank. And so I've never, you know, tried to spend ahead of that. And I think that that was really important. I think the challenging part for me today is, you know, I became a GP at primary, um, you know, about four months ago or so. And, you know, the markets where I was specialized in, the markets that I was focused in have been absolutely crushed. And so, you know, there are other markets and other waves that I'm trying to surf now. And that means that I'm starting from scratch on a learning side of things. And so there is like a, um, uh, a fear, right? That what got you here will not get you to the next stage of your career and will not get you onto the Midas list and like to be one of the best investors in the world and to be one of the best partners more specifically to founders. And so I sure. think that that is, uh, the thing that's more on top of mind versus the, uh, uh, what, what's matter with the markets at the moment. Yeah. So how are you managing that fear? Um, taking time for myself. So I'm like every other American and started to play a lot of pickleball. <laughs> <laughs> Love uh, it. <laughs> you know, and, I, I, and I've enjoyed, you know, meditating and, and you know, the, the float tanks like I mentioned. And like I think making sure that you're taking care of your body is a super important thing and, and making sure that you're eating pretty clean during the week. Yeah. The basics, right? Like that's that's what I notice in my work too. When specifically when it comes to mental fitness, it's like we 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 don't have to make this stuff complicated. It's just like are you eating well? Are you moving? And are you sleeping? Like just focus on some of the basic elements that you know essentially keep us alive, and you know the rest will follow, right? Totally. I am a huge, huge believer in sleep. Yeah, sleep is. I mean, sleep is everything because it's it's if you're not sleeping well, everything else 
it's just such a cascade of effects, right? Like it, it, at least for me personally, that affects then my morning routine, which usually has my mental and physical fitness. It affects how your mind feels. I mean, there's just so much. So this, the sleep is, is just critical, critical. Totally. Totally. Uh, a couple, couple final questions for you, Jason. One, just, you know, what questions are we not asking founders right now, but, but should be? I mean, I think, you know, there is a really human element here to this job. Yeah. In the later stage that you get, specifically the later stage investors, I'll call them out, the less human they realize this job is. And so mm-hmm. I think that there are elements of like checking in to see how these people are doing, like before you even dive into the business metrics, that's really important. And yeah. the other thing is, and this is in like the, the worst case scenario, this is in like the company doesn't have product market fit or like it's clear that it's not working. It's clear that there's not going to be, you know, a, a great endpoint. It's asking them if like they want to give up, you know, mm. I actually think that some people miss the fact that sometimes founders are like continuing to drive this thing because they think that like their investors are really, really obsessed with it continuing to go. When in reality, if, a, if an investor just said to somebody like, you know, is this something you want to keep doing? I mean, I recognize your life is short and I recognize that there might be better things that you could be doing with your time. And it's okay if you want to give up. That I found, at least in my personal experience and my partner's personal experiences, sometimes gives a founder like the freedom to make that decision in a way that they didn't feel before. That's such a powerful and compassionate question. I mean, it's uh, just hearing it from you for, on my side. I mean, and I'm no longer in the founder game. It just, it, I felt it in my body. That just lightens the situation. Like you're giving permission to have that conversation. Um, good on you, man. That's, that's, that's really great. Uh, last question for you. It's just like any books, podcasts, resources that you would point uh, founders to or even even investors right now, just given what's going on, that could be helpful. Yeah. I mean, I personally like deeply tactical things. <laughs> um, so I think like Lenny's blog is amazing. You know, when you want to look up product stuff, um, I like to listen to invest with the best. I think that business breakdowns, by the way, is something that a lot of people should be listening to. It gets into the weeds of different businesses. And then I do enjoy something like the Tim Ferriss show and, and Sam Harris. We can go yeah. a little bit deeper into the psyche of people, which, uh, at least for me, cause I'm a huge psychology nerd and my mom's a uh, therapist. I find to be very fascinating. Yeah. Well, I feel like, I, I mean, I think we listen probably to similar podcasts. Like for me, it's just, it, it's just perspective, right? You know, you, it's hard not to listen to those episodes or those interviews and not come out the other side with just a different perspective or some inspiration or motivation or new idea. And again, like I think everything we're talking about, it's, it's, it's how do you pause what's going on and ask some different questions and, and think a little bit differently and whatever you can do to do that, then, you know, make sure that stuff's in check. Totally, totally agree with you there. Well, this was a great chat. I mean, I can go on forever with with, with you. Um, and I just want to thank you for, for your time. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, man. Thank you. Well, thank you for sticking around for the entire episode. I hope you enjoyed the chat. And again, for more startup and scale-up resources, swing over to highgrowthventures.com.au. That's highgrowthventures.com.au. Have a stunning day.